Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Got a great show planned for you. We're going to talk about burnout, what it is, what it's a sign of, how to do better. Oof, it's important stuff because uh, burnout's not just the physical we over attend to the physical sometimes because it's more profound, maybe more um, obvious. But uh, how about the emotional or psychological parts of burnout? What does that look like, right? We're going to talk about that. Also, what are the things we need to do? Burnout's massive because first, we just feel a little stressed. That's the first, you know, heads up your body gives you. Man, I'm stressed. It's a sign some stuff needs to be done. If we don't listen to it, then we slide on into burnout, and that's one step away from illness. I mean, you're already dipping your toes in there, but you know, chronic, chronic or acute illness is right after it's really important. So we're going to be breaking that on down. Uh, but like I said, I wanted to spend this week opening each show, just talking about how to prioritize our mental health and self-care and really quick, easy steps, uh, making it more digestible and accessible. And all week we've been noticing how it's really simple, basic stuff, things we might already be doing, but maybe we need to bring a new intention or consciousness to it. Maybe we need to fold something in. Um, sometimes we need to do less, right? But these things are very simple. So um, let's add some more. I love this. This is for mental health. Practicing acceptance, right? Acceptance doesn't mean I'm supportive or okay with what's going on, but we realize what we have control over and what we don't. And there's nothing we can do. We accept it. Another way of saying acceptance is saying, okay, I, I, I love the powerful, okay. Or it's called letting it go. My favorite example, very East coast of me. I'm a Philly boy. Wasn't prepared for it to be a snowy cold day. Don't want it. Don't like it. But I step outside, it's freezing. And I go, okay. I go back in, get a jacket and then go back out and do what I got to do. I don't let that moment become a bad hour or a bad day or a bad week. Right. That's, that's what that is. I go out and I get a parking ticket. Okay, I didn't want that. Maybe I don't have the money for it, but there's nothing I can do. So I say, okay, I'll deal with it in the ways I can, when I can, right? I don't let that bad moment become a bad hour or an entirely bad day or a full bad week. It can leak. Don't let it leak, you know? Be open to what's coming next because there's something else coming next. Maybe also bad, maybe good, but it's about just letting go and saying, okay, if there's something I can do, I will, and if I can't, I okay it. I okay the crap out of it. It's important. Also, letting go of judgment. <laughs> what if we stop judging everything, you know? It's a part of mental health. Take an action. Take an action when you can. If there's something you can do, do it. If not, cool, right? Taking a hot bath. Oh, I battled that. I would hear people talking all the time about baths, and I never, I never initially got it. And then I realized I didn't get it because it was hard for me. <laughs> and then I realized it was hard for me. I realized it might be something that's important to learn how to do. Really settle. It's not much you can do in a bath. I know people might like paint, eat, read. But for me, it was just about being with no goal, right? That's a, that, it's like a suspension of everything. You're just there. It was hard for me to just be. Why am I here? Just because. What am I supposed to do? Nothing. That's hard for someone like me. I like to go. I like to know what's going on. I like control. And I would just play music, sit in the tub, think, feel, just be. Sometimes we have to be. We have to learn how to deal with lack, right? There can't always be a something right? Can't always be distracted or suspended in something or attending to something, right? Looking for inspiration. I love that. I constantly have things around my home that are inspiring statues, books. I have a notebook that I write powerful quotes and ideas in. I have songs that I turn to, right? That's been really meaningful for me. Also, maybe moving your body, 
I love this topic because you don't have to get weights or go to a gym. You don't have to do Pilates. You can, you can do all those things. You can do yoga, Pilates, gyrotonic, you can go to the gym. But sometimes it's just about moving. Go roller skating, hula hoop, dance. Yeah, put on some music and just dance, right? Go for a walk. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't have to sweat. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, what's the word? I, I, uh, not professionalized. It doesn't have to be struck formal. It doesn't have to be formalized, right? It can be some kind of creative, diversified form. We just need to like move our bodies. Something so meaningful in that. Also making art. We've talked about this a little bit. It doesn't have to be good. You're not trying to sell it. You're not trying to build a career off it. You're just trying to access a different part of your brain and your body. And if art's hard for you, then it might be needed right? To enter unknown territory and terrain where you're not an expert or you're not perfect. Ooh, that's a big one, right? Going outside, we've talked about that. Journaling, we've talked about that. So some of these are starting to get repetitive, eating better, whatever that means for you. For some of you, it means the opposite, letting go and enjoying some sweet foods, some baked goods, right? Oh, toxic diet culture runs, runs rampant. Scanning your body to see where in your body maybe you're holding stress. What happens when we focus on that area? Breathe into it. Let go. I mean, grounding exercises are really powerful. Um, I, I like the idea of everyone just finding one thing that they're going to promise to do every day. Routine can help. Build it in the morning or at night. But ideally, as I say over and over on the show, self-care every day, some form. Every day, some form of joy and pleasure. And finally, rest. And sleep isn't what I'm talking about. We're talking about more than that, you know? We mean more. We deserve more. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're talking about burnout. What it is, because some of it's unacknowledged as such. How to uh, hear what it's trying to communicate to us. And then our, what are ways to avoid that having happened. DMs, always open. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in our Loveline IG page in the DMs. And as always, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it. Bam, there they all are. So uh, stick around, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Loveline is brought to you by Astroglide, personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back. Talking about how to deal with burnout. Now, uh, this is pulling from a few different articles and places. One of them is a really interesting article from Psychology Today, uh, but I want to expand and extend this because this article is looking... Uh, although it was this and two others I was looking at, we're talking about burnout in general. Um, again, something we're still dealing with. I'm personally dealing with it as well. And they kept focusing it exclusively almost, it seemed as though work was the only site of burnout. And I think we're all laughing going, ah, if only, if only it was a work thing. But it's like a family thing too, right? Whether you have kids or not, uh, if you're part of any kind of family, there's elements of that brought in, right? Attending to, dealing with. Um, there's also social burnout. Um, there's even burnout in relationship to our time with self, right? Like even that's an interesting concept. Are any of you just sick of being with yourself? It's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to say, hey, I love my kids. I love my husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend. I love my sister. I love my roommates. I love my parents. I love my colleagues. I love my boss. I love my job, whatever it might be. But you still can say like, whew, I'm burnt out. I need a break because there's an intensity and amplification. I, my heart went out during um, the, like the full lockdown for those that were maybe really forced to be around the clock in a close, close way, really um, encapsulated. I'll use that word with people they might not want to spend that kind of time with. Uh, maybe people that they already had some really difficult feelings 
for around as a result of, right? We don't always get to choose um, who we have to encounter and what we have to encounter. So, you know, again, I wanna always expand. This is a topic that applies to everyone. Again, maybe we're tired of ourselves, right? Maybe we're tired of the current structure or state of our lives. <sighs> it's been interesting. Uh, the world's kind of, in some ways, going back to what it was, and in other ways, it's it's new and different, right? And so I know I'm personally, and with the clients I'm working with and friends that I'm keeping up with, there's a lot of discussion about who do we now want to be? It's not even just what do we want to make of the time that just was, but it's also like, who do I want to emerge as? And I, and I love, I love that change is always constant and identity work and the role we play in the world and in other people's lives is always an open-ended system that we get to keep refining, right? You can decide I want more socialization, less socialization, right? More downtime, more productivity. We get to make those choices for some of us um, as we emerge back out into the world. Like what kind of shape do you want it to take? Just kind of scrolling through my social media, I was watching people that are moving here, leaving here, really transitioning into different roles. I saw people that I knew that were very successful on Broadway in New York uh, with the shutdown realizing I can't do the hustle anymore or this is this was kind of what I needed to have happen or unfortunately what wound up happening about their time in New York or their time in Broadway. And they're saying, I'm doing something else. I know a lot of people that have gone back to school. They're like, ah, you know, so they're gonna emerge uh, with a different social identity, professional identity, career, right? And even geographics. Some people are moving home, moving to different cities. I know a bulk of people that I thought would we're like diehard people that love cities and urban environments? Nope, they're like, we're going quiet, small town, farm, rural environments. Ooh, makes my heart slow down. I'm looking at the photos of them in these quieter, more serene surroundings and it's beautiful. And I'm proud of them for that. And for some of them, it was a really difficult move. So yes, uh, we will talk as to what are some steps to work through this, but I'm just kind of front-loading it with perspective and theory. Um, I want us to always do that. I'm, I'm a big fan of check-ins with self and other. Uh, we've talked about that in terms of relationship every couple months, at least every year sitting down and saying, how has our relationship or our marriage been? Should we keep doing this? What do we need to change? What do we want to leave behind? What do we want to bring forward? But we can do that in all of our relationships. I've gotten a lot closer with some siblings of mine. And um, it was really born out of other factors, but then I realized I want a closer relationship to these two individuals. And I've been working on that, right? And that was a decision that was made. I was like, I want more time with them. And then I also drifted away from some friends that had been very close to me, but born out of more reflection and other factors that have emerged in deciding what kind of world I want to step back into. I broke up with some friends, which is like a really weird, funky thing to say. And it doesn't necessarily have to be as dramatic as it sounds, or maybe it does, but it's okay to realize what we had before is not what we want now. You know, there's, um, I hate cliches, I hate platitudes, but there's a saying that a lot of us are familiar with, something like, you know, not every friendship or relationship is um, meant to be forever. Some of them are what, for a reason, for a season, and sometimes it's for a lifetime. And people that we maybe put in one of those boxes can sometimes shift into a different one. Ah, I thought this was just a friend for a reason, right? Because maybe we work together. But then they become a friend for life. Or vice versa, someone you thought was a friend for life turns out was just a friend for a season or for a specific reason that now is no longer there. Or maybe you've emerged differently, right? Like there's this idea that everyone in our life are gonna be like synchronized skater, you know, skaters growing and emerging and evolving in all the same alignments and compatible ways. And it's often not how the world works. And the pandemic was quite profound in that way. So, you know, again, we're holding space for the changes and, and the uh, stress and anxiety around that, but also for the profound beauty that comes with starting over, starting anew, you know, and stepping into that darkness, right? Not knowing maybe where you're going or what's gonna happen next, but you realize that you need to move away from what was, and it's a very scary thing, but most powerful changes and agents of transformation do invoke fear and anxiety right? Because we're changing our identity or the role we played in the world or so many different pieces, the structures that we counted on or had hoped for, our hopes and dreams change. There's so much beauty in that, right? As I said before on the show, it's not always a, a midlife, you know, a midlife crisis. It's a midlife breakthrough. 
right? Where you're saying the world I was living in, the way I was living or the identities I carried aren't who I am anymore, who I want to be. It's not a breakdown, it's a breakthrough. Moving into more truth and authenticity. It's a powerful thing, but when we come back, we're gonna talk about what are some tips and tricks to kind of maneuver that. Burnout is the topic, but I'm kind of expanding it bigger than that. Um, Yeah, and uh, DMs, we'll be gliding into them later in the show. Thank you, Astroglide. Great stuff. So um, stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're, we're talking about burnout. I'm kind of burnout on talking about burnout, but it's an important thing to talk about. And I'm expanding it. A lot of the research I was doing on the topic was really work focused, career focused. And I'm trying to acknowledge that's bigger than that, right? Burnout can be related to the social relationships we have, relationships with family members, ways we're living in the world. Um, even our relationship to ourselves. Like I was talking about being kind of burnt out on ourselves in our thinking, in our heads, right? And, uh, you know, part of dealing with that burnout though is stepping outside of self, stepping outside of our paradigm, stepping outside of the comfortable world that we know. Something really meaningful in disruption and uh, challenging what we've been doing. Um, but uh, the determinants of burnout, what are the main things that the research shows that kind of gets us to that place? Um, first one is emotional exhaustion. Everyone's nodding along. They're like, oh yes, check. We are emotionally exhausted. Uh, reduced accomplishment, right? So really sit with what we're talking about. And again, we're applying this to everything in our lives, possibly. Emotional exhaustion. Does said thing in your life, the relationship, the job, the hobby, the marriage, um, whatever it is we're talking about, your, your sex life, whatever it even is, is that depleting you emotionally? Okay, so then we're checking that one. Yeah, yeah, possibly burnout. Second one, reduced accomplishment. Does it feel does it feel as though it's generating something meaningful? Is it giving back? Um, does it feel of worth and value? That would be what accomplishment is, right? It feels meaningful to me. I feel productive. I feel like I'm participating in something. The outcomes are something I value. Or the opposite, reduced accomplishment. So if you're feeling that as well, where you know, let's, let me use, let me keep using relational examples. The reduced accomplishment in a relationship is, um, we're not doing the things I want to do. We're not talking about the things that are important or meaningful to me. I don't necessarily feel seen or heard. I'm maybe not relating to who they are, what's important to them. We don't have a shared vision for what this friendship might need to look like, uh, in terms of anything, what we do, how often we do it, staying connected. And you can apply that to uh, romance as well. Right. And then finally, depersonalization. And that, that kind of means that it's a funky thing to explain because it's kind of hyper-intellectual, but depersonalization is you don't feel connected to yourself, I guess. You're kind of outside yourself. You're, you're kind of witnessing, witnessing yourself, right? You're not feeling really grounded in your life for what's happening around you. You're not a participant, right? So we'll just kind of use the word grounded. You're not feeling really grounded, right? Um, so if you're feeling those things, you might be feeling burnout. I think the most important one in all of that is just the exhaustion. If certain parts of your life are just feeling exhausting and depleting, you're hitting the burnout. <laughs> and some of these things we can fix easily, right? Love when life happens like that. Uh, but then there's some things that are going to be with us forever. Some things might be more of a longer term piece of work or goal, you know? Um, and for some of us, it's multi-layered. You're, you're saying, my God, I feel that way about a lot of different domains in my life. Um, that's what's coming up again in my clinical practice. They're looking at the relationships they're in, the people they're friends with, the jobs they have, um, just things like that. And they're saying like, is this it? Is this what I want? So if everything's kind of feeling uphill, everything's kind of feeling depleting, uh, what used to feel good no longer does. Maybe you're starting to feel uh, resentful, cranky, bitter, then uh, this topic is for you. <laughs> We're going to be trying to undo and dismantle all that. We always are, though. Know that all the work we talk about on the show focuses on that and kind of shows up in there. Start with your body. You know, I think we don't talk enough in psychology and mental health about the the foundations, the basics. And you have to be taking care of yourself on the most basic level. I ask my clients these days, are you hydrated? Are you staying hydrated? Because part of just having the energy to deal with life and emotionality is having the basic levels of hydration handled so that you have some energy so that your system is functioning optimally. So like we do need to pay attention. Are you drinking enough water? Are you moving your body every single day? If you are someone who's able-bodied or even if you're disabled, are there ways to move your body more, to move your muscles, right? Intuitively though, what feels good? What would be fun? And then we also have to look at the things that we're inputting in it. 
and we are wanting to remind ourselves that we're constantly inputting in our in our mouth into our body and also into our brains into our psychology so it's like what do you the psychology input what are you feeding your brain would be <clears throat> conversations what kind of conversations are you around that's feeding your brain what kind of things are you reading what kinds of things are you watching what kind of songs are you listening to what kind of social media are you following that's how we feed our brain right and then there's this other sense of mind which is how are you talking about yourself right how are you treating yourself and then there's the physical are you staying hydrated are you eating you know and do you have access to nutritional foods because that matters too. Are we moving our bodies? Are we staying hydrated? Nutritional foods? Are we getting enough sleep? Are we able to get enough sleep? Like all of that is part of that foundational piece of just the body that we're talking about. That means something, right? So we want to start with that. Um, are you watching too much television, right? Are you, is, are you problematically engaging with alcohol, right? When's the last time you move your body? How much screen time do you have? Like all of these things are the basic questions we want to start with because we can't even look at the other pieces if those foundational pieces aren't really, really, really solid. Um, all right, we're going to take a little break. And in doing so, we're going to glide into those DMs. And then when we come back, we're going to pinpoint some of these specific areas that we want to really be examining um, domains in our lives around this whole burnout piece just so we can be mentally healthy, more resilient, more robust, and uh, Focusing on self-care as always. Um, so yeah, if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and uh, past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Loveline is brought to you by Astroglide. Personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. We'll be back. All right, we are back, and now it's time to glide into those DMs. Gliding into the DMs. Brought to you by Astroglide. DMs always come from our Loveline IG page. If you've got a question for us, drop it in there. Always anonymous, always confidential, whatever you're wondering about. we got answers for you. And if you have a question or a topic that you want unpacked, clarified, you can bring that in as well, anything you're looking for. Um, also past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, bam, click on it. There they are, binge, post, share. Uh, tonight's DM says, hey, Loveline and Dr. Chris, I listen to your show every night. Thank you for putting things about mental health into perspective. I wanted to ask you a question. Is there a healthy way to balance working from home and in at-home social life? I'm struggling to create boundaries with myself and my job mostly because my desk is five feet away from my couch where I like to relax. <laughs> oh my God, it's right there. They're like literally bumping up against each other almost. Um, but like every time I look up, I see my desk and feel a sense of anxiety. Yeah, that desk is now associated with work and so it's associated with stress, right? Um, that's why we wanna create as much separation as possible. Is it possible at all? to move the desk to an area that's not as close or not as visible, another room, a different corner, position it differently. Um, if not, because that's the easiest solution, but if not, I would say start to spend time sitting in that desk area that isn't work-related, doing things that are associated with joy and pleasure. It's all about associations. That's what triggers are about. And if something has a certain kind of association, sure, you can avoid it so as to not get triggered, but if you can avoid it, you wanna start to bring in counter experiences. So like I said, if your desk is always just work-based and associated with stress, start watching some movies there. Start masturbating over there. Start listening to music sitting over there. You wanna really kind of add in other kinds of associations and that's part of the difficulty of working from home. Um, is we can't always section everything out. You know, that's why people like often going to an office because they can leave work and everything behind. But if you're living and working from home, it's all combined. I was just at a buddy's house <clears throat> a couple nights ago and he has a very similar situation the way that his home is set up. Um, it's right there. And uh, that this is pretty much what we were talking about. I was saying, you know, you don't want to compartmentalize it so much where it's like fun over here, stress and work over there, because every time then you step into that space or look over there, that is what is generated and triggered. I was like, you have to spend more time over there. Go over there and dance, play music, self-pleasure, do some shopping, um, sit there and eat a little bit. I don't know, but you have to untangle some of that. You have to reassert you know, a different experience. It's kind of like I also had a friend who got into a fight with a neighbor while work, walking her dog. And she was like, I never want to walk my dog by their house ever again. I said, well, sure, but that keeps the trigger in place. I said, I think what you need to do is actually force yourself every day to walk by and get familiar, start to neutralize that trigger. It's, it's on your block. 
you know, walk by there while having a fun conversation, walk by there while listening to music, but get familiar with it. The more familiar you get with something, that can also start to water down triggers and associations, but more powerfully by bringing in joy and pleasure into that space. So that association's built in as well, you know? So that's the best thing you can do. Look, I am empathizing with everyone that's doing a lot of things from home, because I have people that are asking me in sessions, like not just what you asked, but also I have my kids right there while I'm trying to work, or I have my husband at home too. And they're really doing their best. And they're saying, how do I find some rest? And I'll say things like I've said on the show, go sit in the closet with headphones on for a while. Go take a bath and close the door. Go sit in your car, go drive your car, go for a walk. Like we're doing the best we can looking for symbolic outs. You know, we might not be able to literally get out, but we can symbolically get out or get away, right? So it's like symbolism really can work in our favor in these times. It's not ideal. That's the answer. There's no perfect fix. But like I said, reassociate it with some new things, water down the stress associations, um, or try to move it out of sight. But that's kind of what we're, um, that's what we're left with, you know? All right, coming up next, we're going to be uh, talking about burnout. We're going to keep talking about burnout. This is important. This is something that I'm still working through with myself, um, looking at boundaries, what I need to do, what I need to not do, how I need to do things differently. Um, it's a tough one, man. It's a life's work. So we'll be doing that. And of course, we'll be closing out by gliding back into some more DMs. DMs, drop them in our Love Line AG page. Um, yeah, and like I said, also, we are channelq.com, all the past episodes. Uh, yeah, but thanks for listening every single day. All right, y'all. Uh, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. We'll be back. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. All right, we're back and uh, we're still talking about burnout. Now, again, this applies to uh, every domain in our lives, right? We're trying to make this pretty ubiquitous, universal, applicable to everything. Um, so we're talking about how do we know for burnout? Well, there's the emotional exhaustion, right? Feeling kind of generally depleted or depleted within a specific relationship, right? Or context. Um, not really feeling like you're accomplishing or moving forward or motivated or, or really getting filled up or receiving anything from whatever it is we're talking about, relationship. Uh, and then also just feeling kind of unanchored, really much, very much outside looking in, not really fully anchored or in your life or in your body or participating. And then we were just talking about in terms of burnout, not everything is resolvable. Sometimes this is what it's like, right? I have to tell that to some couples or even individuals around their treatment goals. Hey, the treatment goal can't be resolution. It's gonna be better management of or reducing the harm or impact of. Not everything can just be resolved, eliminated, reduced, or fixed. That's, that's a lie, right? Because in psychology and in a lot of different things in our lives, jobs, career, family members, friends, again, we're up against a lot. There's a complexity, but burnout is what we're trying to at least avoid. And um, <clears throat> before we went to uh, the break and, and to the DMs, we were talking about really starting with the basics and the fundamentals and just looking at, are we getting our basic needs met? Hydration, food, sleep, movement, exercise, right? And uh, now we're gonna talk about the areas that might be causing the most problems. So the number one issue, and we're talking about um, areas, and this is born out of a lot of research and work, is workload. Now remember, workload is not just career or job related. Workload means all labor. Workload is physical responsibilities. Workload is also emotional, psychological responsibilities. What does that mean? Well, are you the friend that everyone goes to and they're having a rough week? That would be part of the workload. What is it like in terms of labor to be emotionally present to that many people in a day or a week? That's a rough example, right? So we do wanna pay attention and, and zero in on that. So that's part of this. Um, so the first way to look at the workload in terms of the physicality is, what are, what's your to-do list? Daily, weekly, monthly? Really, really sit with that for a second. <clears throat> if you had to make up a daily to-do list, in theory, what would it say? And I mean all the things that you hold yourself accountable to or someone else does, whether it's at, at, at you know, your job, that also means what you hold yourself accountable to, uh, working out, cooking meals, what your children, what your partner, what your loved one, your friends, really look at that. And I, and I want us to do it in the most expansive way because I would say if I had to look at my workload within a day, I might say, okay, well, number one, I have to attend to my clinical practice, which I do Monday through Friday. Um, that's workload. How many hours is that? Okay. So now I've already, you know, six to nine to ten, six to nine or 10 hours into my day. Then I do a nightly radio show. Okay. That's 
more hours of labor in my day on top of my clinical day. Then I need to make food for myself. Yep, that literally is part of the workload. What else is literally required in a day? Then you'd look at your weekly month workload. On top of that every day, seven days a week. I know for me, I'm also an educator in a training program. So I'm lecturing, I'm looking at um, people's presentations, I'm looking at our curriculum. Okay, add that, then I add laundry, add you have to clean your place. Really look at your true workload. That is just in the physical sense. Okay, now that we're sitting with the weight and, and, and depth and length of that, now look at the emotional and psychological workload. How many things, people or places or things are you needing to be emotionally or psychologically available for? Right, well, if you're in a relationship, add emotion, the part of that workload is time connecting or building intimacy with my partner, or maybe your kids. How many friends do you talk to through in a day? You have to be present to them. We really can start to look at why we can feel burnout just based on our emotional and psychological workload, ignoring every other factor, ignoring the context within which all of this is happening. That's pretty massive. That's also why I'm always advocating for three-day weekends, uh, four-day work weeks. I mean, we talk about work and life balance. There, there's no such thing if we're working at our jobs five days a week with two days off. And then those two days are included in all the housework and everything else we have to do. It should at least be four days at the office, three days at home for ourselves. Um, but then you have to look at the time that you're spending in each of those days, right? So just sit with the heaviness and weight of that. Then we look into... Right, Another area that falls under the heading of what leads to burnout, workload is the first piece that has the most impact and weight. The second one is how much control or power do you have in your life or do you not have? Do you feel like you get to weigh in on a lot, I mean, let's use that, let's work off of that workload. How much of that do you, have a, do you have control and power over? How much control and power do you have in your life? How much of your day or your week is your control handed over to someone else? Because let's think about childcare, for, an instant, for instance. Well, you only have so much power and control. There is a part of caregiving where the individual's needs sometimes take control. You have a young child, you are very much not in control. They're going to be needing what they need, getting injured when they get injured, sick when they, whenever they happen to be sick, uh, tired and needing a nap whenever they need it, and having emotional psychological struggles. You don't have power over when that happens or where that happens. You might be having the worst day possible where that could happen or happen repeatedly, and that happens. That is a lack of control. How much control do you have over your life? especially looking at that workload list. We actually have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep uh, examining all this. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Loveline is brought to you by Astroglide, personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. We'll be back. All right, we're back. And um, we're talking about burnout and we're looking at all the different domains. This is really, really, really important. And um, we're talking about workload, literal workload, physical, and then the emotional. That's what we have to do every day. We have the, the list of every week or the list of every month, the list of every year. We're up against that in terms of burnout. And a lot of those things are just not changing. They're built in. Then we look at how much control and power do we have within our lives and within those things that are on the workload list. Some people lead a life where they have a lot of control and power over what they do with their day and their time. Other people, they have a lot of things that they're at the mercy of that they're controlled by. Um, that workload is embedded in that. That's the second most powerful thing that ties into workout. I'm sorry, that ties into burnout is how much control and power you have. First one being your actual workload. Then you've into the third most meaningful one, which is what the experts call rewards. Do you feel like you're getting anything beneficial out of it? Are you getting money? Are you getting prestige? Are you getting power? Are you getting positive feedback? Or... Do you feel like it's not, it's not uh, welcomed, it's not well-received, you don't get compliments, it's not a value, you feel like you're being taken advantage of, you feel like you're being exploited? That's the third part that ties into burnout. It's bad enough if you have the first one that has the most weight to it, a heavy workload. Then it really is determined by how much control and power do you think you have within your own life and all that. And then burnout's controlled by, is it even rewarding or meaningful? All of that, which you don't have control and power over, and this long list of emotional and psychological work and physical. And that's a really important part. We need to feel like we have power. And that's, a, that's also a relational thing. We are not in a healthy relationship if we don't feel as though we have some say and influence and power within our relationship, whatever the relationship is. Everyone needs to feel empowered. It's very bad for our mental health to be part of systems and relationships where we feel completely at the mercy of other people. 
Then we go to the fourth part, which is, I love this one. This is, an, this is one we don't look at in terms of burnout mental health. Are these environments, are these relationships, are they hostile or unjust? Are they even fair? That's such like an odd little thread to weave in there, but I actually like that um, because that's gonna impact the weight, right? Or the consequences of what we're talking about, this relationship or whatever it is that you're feeling maybe burnout around. And then we move into, um, these are the final two, and these are like really interesting. Um, community, do you feel like you have support? Do you feel like you're part of something? Do you feel like you have community? Um, or do you feel as though it's competitive, right? So it's almost the burnout will also be impacted by if you feel like there's a cooperativeness or if it's a competitiveness. I can feel that in my body. Do I feel like I'm competing with everyone, my friends or my colleagues or whatever it is, or do I feel like we're all in it together? That's going to massively impact the, you know, how much burnout you have. If everyone you're around is lying, cheating, stealing, mean-spirited, backstabbing, well, think of how much that will impact the burnout versus if you feel like everyone's there to work together, which usually should be the case, but we very much in our culture individualize things. So you're competing with the colleagues, you're competing with the other students and classmates. It's like, even people think they're competing at things like the gym. It's like, oh my God, we're all just there doing what we're supposed to do. Can't we work together? No, because our individual's culture, especially within the educational system, never sets us up to think in terms of group work, which is actually what most things are really tied to. We need better skills working cooperatively and in community. But just think of school, all the desks are separated, there's not much group work, it's always a one-off. Um, and then finally, values. Are you working for or against your values? Are the relationships you're in? Are the things you're participating in? Are you, is your job and career? Is that against your values or aligned with your values? And I love that we're talking about that because again, burnout will be more extreme and harder and faster if your job or this relationship we're talking about isn't aligned with your values. If you're offended by it, I, I've worked with some clients where they were participating in careers where everything they were doing was against their values. Not everyone has the ability to say, I'm not putting my name behind that, I'm not participating in that, I can't help support that or drive that forward. Um, but those that can, you need to, because that's part of mental health, that's part of not burning out, is feeling like I stand behind what we're doing here, I stand behind you know what our goals are. Um, so that helps us kind of understand the impact of burnout. But now we have to ask ourselves, like, now that we understand the area, what else do we need to do? Well, what's the opposite of burnout, right? If we're moving away from burnout, what are we moving towards? And a lot of the research, I actually thought this was interesting because when I was sitting with myself saying, what do I think the opposite of burnout is? I would have said um, thriving, right? Not resilience because resilience is about doing the best you can in an unhealthy environment. And for some, our lives might be rooted in just being as resilient as possible. But I, I, I think the answer is it's thriving, where you're actually doing good because of, right? Um, some of the experts use a word called, they're, they're, again, a lot of the work is specifically around career and jobs, and I'm trying to expand it. But they say the opposite of feeling burnout is to feel engaged, right? You're present, you're participating, it's meaningful, it's providing something beneficial for you, it's aligned with your values, you stand behind it. Um, so the questions they pose, and I think these are interesting, um, what would it take to make, to make you engaged? Can you even be more engaged in that friendship, in that relationship, in that job? Because some of these relationships you might realize, yeah, they're burning me out. And I don't know what it would take to, to better be engaged. Where would you like it to be? What comes to mind when you think about a better relationship or a great place to work? Um, that can help you realize what you need to move towards by looking at what you'd want and what isn't. Um, and then finally, they land with trying to find a better match. Um, Sometimes you do have to leave the relationship or the job. You know, there may be something better for you. Burnout might not be a result of just changing some of these minor tweaks, right? Unloading your priorities, uh, trying to be more present, trying to have more of a cooperative mindset with whatever's happening, right? Um, delegating, diversifying your time, right? Trying to add more, trying to squeeze out some of the bad with the good. That's a really, really smooth way of shifting. Um, and also just sometimes within a company, we have to ask for a different role or a different position. In a friendship, sometimes we have to bring in topics that are more meaningful and important to us and give our, and give our friends a chance to meet us more where we're at. Sometimes we fall into habits and patterns and we're not aware of the, that there's more flexibility within this current system or relationship. We don't always need to completely get rid of it or start over. Sometimes it's just about moving the deck chairs around a little bit, you know? And then sometimes we realize we do have to completely leave. 
Um, all right, we got to take a break. Um, break, 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 break. So if you want to check out past episodes of Loveline, though, go to wearechannelq.com. And uh, later in the show, we'll be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in our DMs on our IG page. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back. And uh, we're just finishing up our discussion about burnout uh, before we glide into those DMs. So if you've got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and follow us back. And as always, past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it, and bam, blam, there they are. You can binge, post, share. Um, You know, a lot of times in our culture when someone is dealing with burnout, emotional exhaustion, or even physical exhaustion, instead of saying, what boundaries do I need to set? We often think in terms of how do I push through? That is the worst mindset. (laughs) Burnout means we need to back off of our lives. Burnout means we need to rest. We don't need to drink more caffeine. (laughs) That's usually what happens. I must need more coffee or I must need to sleep more. Yes, certain things like sleeping more will help, but we're doing it in service of backing off of, not being able to deal with more. We don't wanna raise our allostatic load, the load of stress on our nervous system and our immune system. We don't wanna push ourselves into a state where we're gonna get ill and sick. Because that's the next step. First, you feel burnout physically, emotionally, psychologically. And then the next state is illness. Because burnout is a sign your body needs to do less, not, not find a way to push through and do more. That's why I push back on some people misusing certain practices like yoga, meditation. That's not to be able to go back and do more. That's, that, that is a state of backing off and away from. And we talk about setting boundaries. What do you need to say no to? What do you need to delegate to someone else in your family or community? right? Or to your partner or your children. It's not, how do I maintain this? Burnout is a sign that this isn't working and it's not going to work, but we don't want to have to get into illness. I've worked with people where they found themselves in the hospital or constantly sick or the erosion of important parts of their lives to the deficit of them just trying to push through and do more. So, you know, again, remember, um, mental health is about the honest assessment of based on who you are and the context within which you live, what do you need? right? So it has to be personal. Mental health tells us that what works for someone else isn't what's going to work for us. Mental health tells us that just because someone else can do something doesn't mean we could or should. We're different. Great for them. They have a different context, a different biology, a different psychology, but we sometimes might not be able to excel or exceed at the same rate or in the same ways other people are. That's okay. Why? Psychology. We're not all the same. We're not all from the same place. Even siblings have different biologies and psychologies, right? So it doesn't matter what everyone else is able to do or pull off. And in, in fact, most people are probably not able to do it either, but they're trying and pushing because someone else could, right? So we have to set the bar for ourselves based on what's realistic for who we are. We're not letting other people set the bar for us. We're not setting the bar based on what other people in our family or friend group have done. We get, we get, we're allowed to say, well, unfortunately or fortunately, based on who I am and what I need, this is what that will look like. And that's what I want everyone to really do really make assessments based on what's possible for them. Um, Because again, burnout is about continuing to push through. It's about the neglect of self-care and our needs, right? It's about not having time for fun and joy. I tell people every single day you need to be building in joy and pleasure. And if not, then your life is out of balance. There should be space for that every single day. There should be space for rest. We're not trying to go into denial, right? We're not trying to go into a state of complete collapse or exhaustion or depression. We're not needing to push through anymore. Remember I kept saying during pandemic, 60%, we're doing just good enough. We're working from the good enough model. You know, that's self-care, good enough, doing it to the best we need to in that moment. We're not burning ourselves out, stressing ourselves out, pushing through, right? The whole idea of no pain, no gain isn't true, actually. Pain means something's off. Pain means we're hurting and damaging ourselves. There's, there's a lot of gain without pain, actually. And when we're talking about mental health and emotions, there shouldn't have to be any pain ever. That's, that's a sign that you're in the wrong track, you have the wrong goals, right? Or you have wrong expectations. We don't, we don't wanna use those concepts. That's born out of uh, an efficiency model. That's born out of this idea that we should always be improving and pushing. It's just not true. There's a limit. There is an actual limit when we've gone too far, our expectations are too high, right? <clears throat> So again, when we start, you know, the initial stage right before burnout is when we're just maybe stressed and stress is a sign, step in and start to back away before you get to burnout. Burnout's a sign we've gone too far for too long. And then we have to really pull the fire alarm. But stress is like, I'm feeling overextended, overengaged, right? Stress is I don't have enough energy. Stress is I'm not feeling well. 
right? But burnout means that this accumulation of stress that we haven't dealt with appropriately is extending. And now we're feeling disengaged, right? That's that depression depersonalization. This is when motivation is completely lost or gone. This is when our emotionality is not thriving. And again, those are signs we don't need to find a way to keep going or pushing forward. It's a sign we need to let go and back off. It's very hard for us to often do that, especially depending on what we're talking about specifically. We like to see ourselves as always in process, always evolving, always growing. Eh, we're allowed to sidestep that. We're allowed to take a break. We're allowed to take a pause. We're allowed to move backwards towards another state or another phase, right? It doesn't always have to be forward movement. We can't always be looking at a growth model. We're, we're people. We're not products. We're not money. We're not capital, right? It can't always be better. Sometimes we have to just be content. Happiness is contentment, and contentment is letting it just be what it is, where we are. Happiness, mental health, and contentment is about letting go and accepting what is, not always wanting more, needing more, or pushing for more. All right, um, enough of that. But uh, like I said, coming up next, we're going to glide into those DMs. So uh, stick around for that. Loveline, uh, you're listening to Loveline, sorry, with Dr. Chris. Loveline is brought to you by Astroglide, personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. We'll be back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right we're back and now it's time to glide into the dms brought to you by astro glide gliding into the dms all right let's see this one says hey dr chris um, I am trying to learn how my partner loves and wants to receive love. That is the challenge for everyone. So I want everyone to stop for a second. Do you know how your partner best feels loved or receives love? How? And are you doing that? Because that's what the love languages are about. Understanding who your partner is and how they need to be shown love. Not you learning about how you receive love and focusing only on them doing that for you. It's also saying, how do they feel loved? How do I do that for them? It's about them. <laughs> Go that way with it. But ask yourself that. Do I know how my partner best feels loved and receives love? No? Well, let's ask. Let's do those little online love line quiz, uh, love language quizzes. You know, they're very helpful. It's an important thing. Maybe you haven't been doing it at all. Your partner's like, that's maybe why I don't feel close. That's maybe why I don't feel loved. And vice versa, you can share with them, right? It's a really great thing to talk, talk about. Sit down and talk about it this weekend. Um, but it feels like I'm missing something. Every time I try to ask about different things or what they want, they shut down and say that I should know them by now. See, no, I'm no, we don't do mind reading. Um, we don't do mind reading. We, oh, we ask honest, vulnerable, transparent questions. Hey, want to talk about love? How do you best feel loved? When someone says things like, you should know that by now, I'm worried. 
uh, why are they afraid of intimacy and vulnerability? Why are they stonewalling you and backing you off? Um, why are they kind of getting aggressive about it? There's nothing loving or caring or mentally healthy or relationally healthy in someone when being asked a vulnerable question about themselves says you should know the answer. So I'm actually concerned that you might be in a little bit of a toxic relationship. I'm not saying like pull the fire alarm and get out, but I'm saying like that's not a good sign. And I just want you to follow up with why, why is that a hard conversation to have? I, I'm looking to build the kind of relationship where we can vulnerably talk about these things. Because if that's your partner's response to that, I'm worried about their response when you ask bigger questions that you need to ask, like, how do you feel about our sex life? How do you feel about our relationship? It's been a year. Should we keep doing this? And if their answer is always to stonewall you and to block intimacy, then like you're going to have rougher battles. I'm worried. Um, they said that, oh, you've been dating for six months since been during the pandemic. You said, I'm trying my hardest. And I think that everyone should always grow, but it's almost like they want to be stuck in time. I don't see them as wanting to be stuck in time. I honestly see them as someone who doesn't want a very close, intimate relationship. You know what I mean? You're going to have to work through that with them, um, with the things I just said, but I want my listeners to hear this. Don't be that person. If, if your partner or friend or a loved one comes to you with a question, answer it. You know, part of the question is the little answer, literal, excuse me, part of those questions or any question might be them looking for the literal answer, but that's the content. But the form or the process is, is this someone that's safe to go to? Is this someone where I can ask important, intimate questions? And if their answer is always to shut that down, well, then that's not going to work well. So six months in, I'm glad you're seeing this now. This might not be a healthy relationship. I don't know what this person's struggle is with that. So that's what you really want to zero in on. I care less about the fact that you don't know their love language at six months. Okay, I care more about the fact that they're not willing to bring you in. Like how many topics do they back you off of? How often does that happen? That's my bigger concern. And why is this a difficult conversation for them to have? And why do they think mind reading is a good idea? That never is a good idea. I don't ever want the answer to be you should know better. Well, you should not be aggressive. You should not be afraid of intimacy. Calm down, regulate, talk to me, connect, right? Like that's what a lot of conversations or questions are about. I want to be close. I just want to connect is, are you safe? And so far this person isn't. So it's a red flag. Um, and I want you to ask them why that's a hard thing to talk about. I'd also want you to ask them, where did they get the idea that you should mind read? Where did they get the idea that that's a healthy relational perspective? Cause it's absolutely not at all. Um, so yeah, you be better and you know better and hold them accountable to being better. Hold your bar high and if they raise up and meet you there, awesome. But if not, bounce, get out, get out now. Because I, I work with couples. I know what this is like down the road, you know? So give them some more time, give them some space, call out what you're seeing and hearing, challenge them to be better. And if they can't, then you're too mature for this person, truly, emotionally and psychologically. Um, all right, y'all, have a great weekend. Ra uh, wrap it up in tons of rest, tons of joy and pleasure, tons of self-care. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to those around you. We need more kindness in the world. And to all the uh, LGBTQIA people in the world, I love you. I see you. Um, happy Pride to everyone. Thanks for hanging out, y'all. And enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.